Hey everyone, and welcome to UFP, the Ultimate Fighting Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Henson. Uh, some of you are probably wondering if you used to listen to this podcast, and there's probably not very many of y'all, but it used to be called MMA Fan. We've done a lot of changes for this podcast. I wanted to, for one, up the sound quality because I listened back to some previous episodes and it wasn't all that great. And two, I wanted to kind of just take a break from it and figure things out and kind of come up with a revamp of the podcast. So we've got a lot of new stuff going on for the podcast. Got new equipment. We have a new format. So now every week we're going to do the same uh, kind of in-review format we did before where we go over the previous week's fights and... Then uh, break them down, talk about, you know, a little bit of analysis here and there. Then we're going to jump into a news and hot topic segment. And then kind of go into a preview of the upcoming fights. And there'll be some episodes occasionally where we take a look back at fighters' careers um, one of the, our first episodes we're going to do it on is John Bones Jones. That episode's going to release March 3rd. And we'll look back at all of John's uh, fights. We'll look back at all of the issues he's had in the past, failed tests, any kind of drama associated with his career. And then we'll compile that all into an episode. It'll probably be a few hours, honestly, but it will definitely be worth the listen. So this week we had UFC 234 in Australia. And before we go ahead and jump into that, I want to kind of plug our Facebook and Twitter. So that way we can get the word out about the podcast. You can reach out to us, give us a review. Um, give us some feedback, or if you want to debate or hear about some topics on the podcast, you know, join the groups, uh, follow on Twitter, you know, just give me a shout and let me know. So on Facebook, it's going to be facebook.com slash ufp.ultimate.fighting.podcast, or if you just go up in the search bar and type ultimate fighting podcast, you should be able to find it on Twitter. It's going to be at UFP 2019. Um, and we're on uh, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, you know, most of your major podcasts ones, and it'll be under UFP dash ultimate fighting podcast now instead of MMA fan. So feel free to, you know, find the Facebook, find the Twitter, join those, and let's get the community growing. So let's go ahead and jump into the fights from this weekend now. I really enjoyed it. A lot of fans thought uh, they were a little upset and thought that it should have, you know, not been a pay-per-view, but that's always what they think. You know, there could be a pay-per-view with John Jones, Anderson Silva, GSP on it, um, DC, basically everyone, and they would still be like, ah, oh, this isn't pay-per-view worthy, it should be a, f- a fight night, it should be on Fox or ESPN. Um, it's always kind of funny now seeing the people say, oh, this one should be on Fox. Uh, the UFC's not on Fox anymore. <laughs> it's on ESPN. Just throwing that out there. So the early prelims this time were on Fight Pass. Um, yeah, I don't know about y'all, but it's a little confusing now to keep up with what's going to be where. And you kind of just have to do it as you go. Is it going to be on Fight Pass, ESPN, ESPN Plus, Pay-Per-View? We're going to bounce back and forth between ESPN Plus, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Um But the early prelims this time started on Fight Pass. So I guess there is, you know, even more of a reason to keep Fight Pass. In addition to being able to look back at all the fight cards all the way back to UFC 1. But 
So in our first bout, and it was a bantamweight bout between Jonathan Martinez and Luigi Burin. Um, Jonathan Martinez picked up a unanimous decision victory. Uh, probably for the pre-prelims and the prelims for the most part. I'm going to give you guys the results. There might be a couple notes I have here and there. Like, you know, this one is definitely one to go back and watch if you didn't watch it. Because I know a lot of people don't watch the prelims or the pre-prelims especially. And I know they like calling them early prelims. I, I like pre-prelims because it's funnier. Um, so Jonathan Martinez picked up the win. It was a unanimous decision. And then we got into our lightweight bout, Jalen. I want to say it's Jalen Turner. Um, if I butcher any of your names on here, I'm sorry. I usually go and watch the fights at Buffalo Wild Wings. And sometimes they don't have the volume on the fights. And even if they do, it's sometimes not the best. It's not the best volume and they need to kind of bump it up a little. So if you're a Buffalo Wild Wings and you're going, you know, just take a listen. If you can't hear the fighters or the uh, commentators, we probably can't either. And I would love to be able to hear them. You know, not a huge amount up, but maybe just a little. You know, where you can hear them, you could still have conversations, though, with others. You know, there's been times where my dad and I have gone out to the fights and... You know, the atmosphere and the volume was so loud, we couldn't even talk about the fights. It's a little too much, maybe a little bit quiet, quieter than that. But our main event, I guess, on the early prelims now is a lightweight bout between Jalen Turner and Callan Potter, where Jalen Turner managed to pick up the TKO victory in the first round in 53 seconds it was a pretty good tko it was it was really impressive um i'm gonna be uh, watching jalen turner from now on for sure so there was one more fight on the early prelims but it got moved to the main card so we went from there and jumped right into the espn prelims with our first fight being a bantamweight bout between Kyung Ho Khan, Kyung Ho Khan, who pulled out a rear naked choke submission, three minutes and fifty nine seconds in the first round, and it was very very entertaining. I made notes saying it was a good fight. It was worth the watch. I would go back and watch that fight if you missed it. It was Kyo Hokan versus Taruto Ishihara. Our next bout is a flyweight bout between Kai Kara France and Ryleon Paiva. It went the distance. It was a very close fight. It was a good fight. Uh, Car France ended up pulling out the split decision victory. He won the fight. You know, it was very close. He managed to pull it off a little bit more. And sometimes that is all that it takes. Then we get into one of our performances, uh, our fight of the night right here in a featherweight bout between Shane Young and Austin Arnett. Shane Young defeated Austin Arnett in a unanimous decision. All three judges scored it 30-27. And actually, this one's not fight of the night. Take that back. I thought it was fight of the night. It was a really good fight. And up to this point, there was a little bit more that could have been seen in the action. And Shane Young really brought it into this fight. It was really good. Um, And he had a very motivational speech at the end of it. All around classy guy. It was an absolutely great fight. And then we have 
our one of our performance of the night bonus winners, Devonte Smith, who defeated Dong Young Ma three minutes forty nine seconds in the first round with a fairly impressive TKO victory. Uh, that's definitely one that's worth going back and watching. Devonte Smith ended up getting the fifty thousand dollar bonus for performance of the night. So from there we jump. From there we jump on a pay per view for our light heavyweight bout between Jim Crute and Sam Alvey. It was a fairly controversial. I want to say super controversial, but there was some controversy in the decision here. It was a first round TKO, two minutes and forty nine seconds into the first. So Jim Crute ended up rocking Sam Alvey and Alvey went down and Jim Crute for some reason I don't understand started walking away typically you know unless the person that's out cold like Leoto Machida knocking out Vitor Belfort where he Leoto stopped and you know that was it unless it's like that or the ref stops you immediately you're not supposed to stop going and for some reason, Jim Crute started walking away. And then he realized the fight wasn't over. Sam Alvey wasn't out and started coming back into the fight. And so both guys were, you know, standing back up by this point because Alvey got up. And Jim Crute got Alvey back down, started ground and pounding on him. But Alvey had his arms in the way. He gave uh, Mike or Mark Goddard the thumbs up. And a little bit later, the fight was still called off. I think it was Mark Goddard. I might be wrong. If it wasn't Mark Goddard, I'm sorry, Mark. I, I didn't make a note of who the ref was. I remember Sam Alby was very upset, though. So, you know, we'll see where that goes from there. It doesn't sound like they're going to do anything about it fighters get upset all the time at refs and you know fans get upset all the time at refs too and we kind of just we yell early stoppage all the time and we can't do that every single time we can't do that every single fight night or every single pay-per-view but it seems fairly popular now that we do that a lot so from there we jump into another performance of the night bonus winner Mont- uh, women's flyweight Montana De La Rosa who fought Nadia Kassam Montana pulled the uh, submission victory out 2 minutes 37 seconds into the second round. It's an absolutely great performance by Montana an absolutely uh, great performance by Kassam showing her heart um Montana came out of the gate ready to fight and looking for this win. She was pushing the pace so much in that first round. She ran for Nadia and just kept going. I have no idea how Montana still had a gas tank after that first round. Um, But Montana ends up pushing it again in the second round. She eventually gets Nadia down to the ground. And then eventually get manages to make top mount, somehow pulls out one of the coolest head triangles I'd ever seen from top mount. She had a head triangle and armbar combo from top mount. And then her and Kassam, Kassam started rolling around for at least a good minute, maybe more than that. I wasn't watching the time on it, but it definitely felt like it was at least a minute long. So it it was very impressive. I, you know, for two fighters, I don't, I think Nadia might've been ranked 15 and Montana wasn't ranked. They both looked great. Um, If you haven't seen that one, go back, watch it, at least watch the end of that fight because it was really cool watching them roll around like that. And the heart that Nadia had. 
and the flexibility she had to not tap out from that for so long. Um, so in the post in the post fight press conference, Dana was talking about De La Rosa, and because uh, I forget who it was, but they asked Dana about De La Rosa, and De La Rosa said she wants to fight Paige Van Zandt next. I think that'd actually be an interesting matchup, and it'd be good for De La Rosa at this point, because I assume she's going to be ranked now. And I'd watch that fight. It'd be really good, I think, between those two. Next, we have a Bantamweight bout uh, that, for the most part, was pretty one-sided between Ricky, Simone, and Rani Yaya. Now, two judges scored at 30-27 for Ricky Simone, and one judge scored at 30-25 for Ricky Simone. I could understand the 30-25 judge. I went with 30-26. I gave the first round to Simone as a 10-8, and I could see the third round going as a 10-8 also. What I I had a hard time seeing was all three rounds being 10-9s. Ricky Simone really pushed the pace here. And both fighters were throwing like crazy. Uh, Ricky Simone really pushed the pace, and he showed phenomenal takedown defense during this fight. I think he defended 10 or 11 takedowns from Yaya. Yaya did not make one of those. It was crazy. Simone looked great with it. Um, And Simone actually got four or five takedowns himself. Uh, Both guys ended up getting cut and bleeding. Simone had a cut on both eyes, and Yaya ended up getting cut on top of his head. It was a great fight. Um, That's definitely one to go back and watch. After that, we had a lightweight bout that was moved up from the pre-prelims between Landa, Lando Venata and Marcos Mariano. Now, I picked this fight wrong. It was one of a few fights I picked wrong. For the most part, I was doing pretty well on picking between me and my dad. But this one, I definitely got wrong. So Lano Venata picked up the Kimura victory four minutes, 55 seconds in the first. I was rooting for Mariano. Um, Venata managed to get the takedown on Mariano and kept trying to pass guard. He actually started in a half guard, but Mariano ended up getting it into a full guard. And Venata kept trying to pass guard, but he couldn't um, get past Mariano's long legs. And he somehow, you know, managed to keep position on the ground, though, and didn't get the fight stood up, didn't let Mariano push him up, and eventually managed to kind of do a scramble on the ground. And they ended up in a north south position. And a few seconds later, Lando pulled the Kimura out, and I wasn't sure if he was going to get it. And even when he got it, I wasn't sure because the clock already came up off the screen. And I was like, ooh, this is close, this is close. And then they started bringing in the officials like the fight was over. I was like, okay, so he got it. Um, Was it like 458, 459? What's the time on it? Yeah, he had five seconds left and pulled the Kimura off. Um, he, he won that fight before it already. And even at that, uh, Mariano did somewhat well from the bottom as well, got some strikes in. And so that was our co-main event. And then we went to a middleweight bout for our main event between Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, who's ranked number six in the middleweight division, and Anderson, the spider, Silva. Now, there's a couple things I noticed just before the fight even started. 
Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time, former Middle League champion for, like, ever, was ranked number 15. Maybe I hadn't noticed before, but how did Silva get down so low? It's crazy to think about when Anderson Silva is ranked 15. It just shows you how crazy your division is. And I thought the same thing when Anthony Pettis was ranked like number 11 in the lightweight division. These divisions are getting packed and stacked. And we'll talk more about that issue later. (laughs) So this fight was somewhat what I expected from this fight. Going into this fight, I, I had expected two possible outcomes. One where they basically looked like a mirror image of them of each other throughout the fight or two where one of them managed to pull off some crazy knockout finish. Well, the second one didn't happen. You know, there were some possibilities and of course there's always possibilities that that could happen. And I think Stylebender knew that there were possibilities that Silva could pull off some crazy knockout finish because we'd seen it so many times before where he, out of nowhere just one strike out of nowhere, and the other guy just falls down. This was a really good fight. Um, For those people that are telling you it wasn't, they need to go back and rewatch the fight. It was a great fight. Um, The first round, Silva didn't quite look like himself just yet. You know, and then the second and third round, Silva started to get back to, you know, Anderson Silva, where he's clowning around and you know, dodging strikes. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, had me, of course, on the, I would say on the edge of my seat, but I was standing the whole fight. <laughs> and, you know, I, my heart was beating the whole time and I was kind of at a dilemma because I wanted Adesanya to win, but at the same time I was like, okay, you know, it'd still be cool to see uh, you know, Spider win and pull off one of those phenomenal finishes because one, he's one of the greatest, and two, I'd actually put like a $20 bet on him just in case he pulled some magic off. But Adesanya ended up winning, and the ju- uh, it was a unanimous decision. Two judges scored it 30 27, and one scored it 29 28 for all three for Adesanya. Um, I could see the 30-27. I myself was leaning towards 29-28. I gave Silva the second round. In the second round, it was pretty close, pretty even. And it looked like Silva, you know, might have gotten it. Uh, It's possible. I just wanted to give him a round. (laughs) And it's possible, I, you know, being a huge fan of Silva, you know, I wanted him to do phenomenal, just like everyone did. And of course, he, you know, it looked in this fight like he didn't do phenomenal, but that's because he's fighting a guy who dodges strikes as much as he does. If it would have been probably against anyone else, this version of Anderson would have won. But Anderson's basically fighting a younger guy who dodges everything like he does. You know, the first Israel Adesanya, who did really well. They both did really well. First, Anderson being 43, he still looks like he has it. He could fight a few more times. And the way he, you know, was acting tonight and fighting tonight, it looks to me like he wants to fight a couple more times. He still has that fight in him. He still has that love for this sport and for the fans and the fans chanting his name in the entire arena. Um, it was really good for anyone disc, you know, discounting Stylebender or Silva on this fight. You're wrong. Yeah, Stylebender didn't finish a 43-year-old man. But we're talking about a 43-year-old man that was one of the greatest of all time. You know, a year ago, we watched George St. Pierre come back, who's several years older than he was when he left, who finished Michael Bisping and 
just made just outclassed Michael Michael Bisping. So to see two guys come in with the same exact fighting style, this was kind of you know this was a great fight. It was a great showing. I take nothing away from either fighter. You know Israel beat the former middleweight champion, one of the absolute greatest fighters of all time. And, you know, you can't take that away from him. And if you think, you know, he beat an old man, you know, you're, you're just disrespecting Silva and everything he has done in the, in the UFC and in MMA. And it's just not cool. You know, I've... I wouldn't allow that. I want to disrespect Silva like that. And this fight ended up getting fight of the night. Both fighters got the $50,000 bonus. So let's go ahead and jump into some news and hot topics. Just give me one moment. I'm going to move my mic here. See if I can figure out how to get this right where I want it. Okay. So, as you probably notice, uh, the main event was not Whitaker versus Gastelum. Whitaker is still the champion. They're currently not going to strip Whitaker. Maybe they'll do an interim bout. I honestly see at this point, you know, it being a possibility for a few reasons, but we'll kind of jump into that in a couple minutes. Uh, Whitaker ended up getting a hernia late last night had to do an emergency surgery or late Friday night, I guess. Um, they think he could have been having this issue for a few weeks and Whitaker just wasn't aware of it until the other night. Um, you know, they're saying if he went in there and fought, it could have been absolutely terrible for Whitaker, not good for Whitaker. So it's a good thing he ended up going, getting checked out. He still wanted to fight. He still wanted to make the fight. But, you know, in this case, it's better to go get checked out, get it taken care of, and spend that recovery time and come back. And then give us your amazing performance against Gastelum, Adesanya, whoever it will be. Uh... He'll have a possible four to six week recovery time, according to Dana. Um, so that put him, you know, maybe back in the octagon three to four months from now. She got almost a two month recovery. He could do a two fight, uh, two month uh, camp and be back in the octagon in four months. So a lot of fans were talking about, you know, stripping Whitaker. I, I, I have a, I don't believe in this stripping fighters concept as much as other fans do. I think there needs to be a set standard for stripping a fighter. And this doesn't fall into my set standard. I don't even think this necessarily falls into my set standard of bringing an interim champ in. Because it's going to be, you know, three, maybe four months. That's not a very long time between, you know, when he could get back in there. So he could get back in there and fight Gaslam or Adesanya, whoever the UFC decides, and defend that belt. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that they need to strip Whitaker for this. In cases like this where there's a medical reason, I don't think a fighter needs to be stripped. We've had, you know, so much inconsistency in stripping fighters. You know, years ago, we had Brock out for a long time for medical stuff. We had Tyrone out for like nine months for a, a shoulder surgery after he competed like three fights the year prior. And everyone was up in arms. Oh, strip Woodley, strip Woodley, strip Woodley. No, calm down, guys. You know, you can't. Root for this guy to be stripped, but root for this other guy to have a tie, keep his title, and he hasn't defended it longer. You know, um, Conor McGregor, he held the, the featherweight 
title for 11 months before he was stripped. And then... And then he held the lightweight title for 17 months before he ended up getting stripped. And then they gave him a title uh, opportunity to get the title back. 17 months is one of the longest times I can remember before not defending your title. And it wasn't like he had any health issues. He was busy, too busy fighting Nate uh, Diaz twice and playing boxing with Floyd and just didn't want to defend either title. And by the time he ended up getting stripped, I mean, the lightweight division was so stacked at that point. We had so many fighters in like the top 15 that are just monster killers. And we held it up for a year and a half almost. It was unreasonable. I think it should be a year. Unless there's like a medical reason, you know, if there's a medical reason and you're out for a little bit, then fine, that's understandable. But if you just haven't defended the belt, then no, that's not cool. Um, you know, they wanted to strip DC. They had started talking about it only nine months after not defending the light heavyweight title. And it wasn't like he wasn't doing stuff. He went and got the heavyweight title. And then wanted to defend the light heavyweight title. He was talking about wanting to defend the light heavyweight title. But they wanted to have their um, money-making main event with John Jones and Gus. Which, if you look at it, John Jones and Gus could have been a main event without that title. Easily. It still would have sold pay-per-views. And it would have been better. Because neither of those guys looked like they should have been fighting for a title at that point. You know, Gus definitely didn't look like he should be fighting for a title. Both guys looked like they were still rusty. It'd been over a year for either guy before since they'd been in the octagon. Is a terrible idea. Um, a lot of people, you know, talking about interim titles... I think there needs to be a set standard on that too. Or I think we should just go back to the number one contender fights. We don't do those anymore. Almost every pay-per-view besides this one has always had a title on it now. It's a dumb marketing technique that the UFC started doing. Um, you know, Dana wants to say otherwise, but it, you know, it, it's hard to prove that it's not just marketing technique when it... It's been devalued so many times. Um, and they're talking about doing Cowboy versus Connor for an interim title now. What about Ferguson? Ferguson deserves an opportunity at that title. If you put Cowboy or Connor in an interim title shot, then they're, you know, they're, they should at that point be the next person to fight. Khabib, but Ferguson should be the next person to fight Khabib. Um, I don't even, I still don't even know how I like the Cowboy versus Connor fight because I, I feel like Cowboy deserves a better opponent than Connor McGregor. But at the same time, Cowboy has been around for so long, he's been so true to this sport and so, so giving to this sport and to us. He deserves that paycheck that comes with Conor McGregor. He deserves a better fighter to fight than Conor, but, you know, he deserves that paycheck too. Um, and you've got Colby Covington, who was stripped of his, his interim title. Now he wants to sue the UFC, which is dumb because he, you know, he wants to sue the UFC because he, he was promised a title offer, a title fight. Okay. You could sue the UFC Colby if you really wanted to on that, but it's not going to get you anywhere because that's just a dumb case. Okay. Yeah. Let me go sue him because I didn't get my promised title fight based off of me winning an interim title. 
Should you have gotten a title fight based off of that? Yes. Did you get the, you know, opportunity to have a title fight based off of that? Dana presented one. It was kind of, uh, you know, uh, at an inconvenient time because you had your surgery. And so you denied it and they stripped you. But, you know, you're not going to win a case with that. You didn't have a contract saying that you'll get a title opportunity. It's just verbal agreement. And I'm, I don't know that that actually holds up in court. <laughs> in fact, I'm pretty certain if you don't have a paper, court doesn't care. You know, because then it's just my word versus his word. You know, it's dumb. And now you've got this situation where, you know, technically, yeah, Colby should get a title shot. But, you know, now you've got Kamara getting a title shot, which, not going to lie, I like the Kamara versus Woodley fight. And, you you know, you have all these other guys up at the top of this division that would be good fights to see against Woodley. You know, deeming Woodley still the champion after Kamara. I think he probably still will be. But, yeah, now, you know, now you've got this dilemma. And now you've got, you know, who's who's going to be the number one contender for middle eight? Is it Gastelum? Who's going to fight Whitaker next? Or is it Adesanya? You know, because you told Adesanya and Silva, like, hey, you win, then, you know, we'll have you fight uh, Whitaker next. Or Gastelum next, depending on, you know, who the champion is. But Gastelum had a fight contract for a title shot. He was supposed to fight for a title he didn't get to fight for the titles. Now you've got two guys that are technically the number one contender in this situation. Um, another reason I think we should go back to number one contender fights being a thing because they used to headline pay-per-views. But, you know, that that's not up to me. It's whatever. <laughs> um, another hot topic is title rematches. You know, and, and th- this stems from, you know, Stipe, TJ, and Cyborg, really. Uh, a lot of, you know, no one thinks Cyborg deserves uh, another shot. But people think TJ deserves another shot. It was, for the most part, the same fashion that they lost. You know, relatively short, both basically a TKO victory. It was, you know, not exactly the same, but relatively the same. So, and Stipe kind of in a similar instance, he got, you know, knocked out. But I think in this instance, if you're going to give one of them a rematch, all three of them should get a rematch. You might as well just shove it all on the same card at that point. Um, I would love to see DC versus Stipe again. I'd love to see many DC fights. I think it'd be awesome if uh, DC fought Stipe and then DC fought Blades and, you know, um, got a couple more in before he retired, you know. Have DC fight Brock. Have DC fight Stipe. Have DC fight Blades. Have DC beat them all and then let DC retire. And then by that point, you know, Kane's back in the mix and it's time for him to become champion again. Most likely if, you know, the veteran curse doesn't hit Kane. That is one that has managed to hit Silva for the most part. And, um, BJ Penn, Jose Aldo starting to kind of make his comeback. You know, we're, we're starting to see the veterans kind of get back to where they are. Which is really nice, but yeah, you know, I, I think if one of them gets a rematch, they should all get a rematch because uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, people thought Joanna should have gotten a rematch, which I and I, I understand that logic because she was champion for so long and she had beat so many people, but she tapped to strikes. <laughs> She lost so badly, she tapped two strikes. And then in the rematch, she lost again. 
like four to one or three to two, you know, unfortunately, Joanna has not had very many great fights in the last couple years now. But yeah, if Stipe gets a rematch, TJ should get one and Cyborg should get one. On another note, though, on the website I use to make my bets, they already have DC versus Brock listed on there for like July. No one understand that because I haven't heard anything about DC versus Brock being official yet. There being a contract. And I looked yesterday after I saw this. You know, uh, I, I could, you know, I definitely see it happening because if you look at Brock now, Brock is clearly not on stuff anymore. He's, you know, his physical traits, his body is physically very different now. If you looked at him a year ago or two years ago, he was absolutely just jacked. He looks like he spent, he looked like he spent his life in a gym just working out. And, you know, now, now he does not, you know, he's still Brock Lesnar. He's still a huge person. He's still got a lot of muscle, but now he doesn't have, you know, that crazy six pack and all of that, that made Brock this ginormous beast that was clearly on stuff. So I definitely see that being, you know, being something that happens because I'm pretty sure with Brock's contract with WWE, I, I think from what I understand and what I've heard about it, I think that they, they don't test him and that they, they, that they don't care because he's a part-time employee there. So if he wasn't gearing up for this fight, I don't think he would be getting off of this, off of the juice. I just don't. Um, so let's go and jump into some other kind of more fun stuff. Once again, we see Anthony Rumble Johnson making MMA news, talking about a uh, possibility of returning at heavyweight, though. If the price was right, is what I saw a lot of headlines say. You know, about six months ago, we saw more headlines about Rumble returning if he got to fight John Jones at heavyweight. Now, I can't really see John Jones going up to heavyweight to fight DC because, you know, John probably knows just like a lot of fighters think DC would probably beat John at heavyweight. He really would. A lot of people don't want to say that, but he probably would. If John fought the same way he did against Gus, but up at heavyweight against heavyweight DC, I think DC takes that fight easy. You know, John didn't look phenomenal in his last fight, and DC at heavyweight is phenomenal and has so much more striking power compared to DC at light heavyweight. It'd be a completely different fight. But I think... John would come up to fight Rumble at heavyweight because we never got to see that John Jones versus Anthony Rumble Johnson fight. And I saw pictures of Rumble. Rumble's got to lose some weight first to make it back, you know, to make heavyweight. And I can't imagine the killer power that Rumble has to have now at heavyweight. He looks absolutely ripped. He looks even better than GSP did at middleweight. You know, Rumble looks absolutely ripped. I think Rumble at heavyweight has maybe a possibility of beating Jones. I want to say he does just because I can't imagine the knockout power Rumble would contain would contain at that point. But at the same time, DC beat Rumble twice, and they say it, but John beat you know DC. You know MMA logic typically doesn't work, but if it did, John would beat Rumble. Um, you know, I think that'd be a cool fight. I would, I'd love to see Rumble come back. You know, I th thought Rumble 
retired way too early. Rumble could have been a champion. He could have been the next light heavyweight champion after DC, but he left. Um, and his retirement really caught me by surprise. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into one more hot topic before we go ahead and talk about fight night on ESPN next week. Who's next for Silva? You know, and all the post-fight stuff, we got Connor over here calling, you know, calling for a fight with Silva. Connor's calling for a fight with everyone. He wants to fight Silva. He wants to fight um, Khabib. He wants to fight Cowboy. He wants to fight uh, Diaz. (laughs) Uh, uh, Connor's getting a little greedy over here, and it's kind of entertaining. Oh, yeah, and he wants to fight Holloway. I almost forgot about that one. He's, he's been making his little works for that fight, too. Connor's planting seeds for, like, every fight ever. Um, most active I've seen Connor in UFC in a few years. And he's not even able to fight. <laughs> kind of amusing. Um, you know, Dana said he wouldn't want to see Silva versus Connor. I really wouldn't either. Uh, there's very few Connor fights I would want to see I would be okay with seeing I'd be not upset about hearing about and that list is probably about Connor versus Nate Diaz yeah yeah that that's about the only one <laughs> or maybe Connor versus Kevin Lee or something like that or Iaquinta um so I, I I don't believe Connor deserves another title shot I don't believe he's really deserved any of his title shots but he definitely doesn't deserve another title shot and definitely not before Ferguson does Um, without a doubt Ferguson should be the next one to get a title shot at lightweight anyone else is just it's it's wrong it's wrong to see anyone else get a title shot in lightweight other than Ferguson I think you know for Silva you know, he, he could be looking to retire within the next few years. And if he was looking for one more fight to retire on, if it wasn't going to be Adesanya, I think Nick Diaz would be a great fight to see Silva retire on. It would sell like crazy to see Silva versus Nick. And it goes way back to, you know, years prior and it'd be kind of like a full circle effect and it'd be a good one for Silva to go out on. You know, you have Silva versus Nick as the main event and Connor versus Nate as the co-main. I, I'd be okay. I'd be actually excited to watch that card. It'd be really good. Um, so let's go ahead and make some picks for next Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Fight Night on ESPN 1. So the main card for this one is actually going to be on ESPN this time. Um, I don't know which of these fights are on ESPN and which are on ESPN Plus or Fight Pass or whatever other service they're using this time. We'll see Saturday. But so far the fight card I've seen listed, you've got a featherweight bout between Andre Feely and Miles Jury. You know, both are really great fighters. I'm rooting with Miles Jury on this one, though. Um, I always root with Miles Jury. You know, even if I don't think Miles Jury's going to win it, I always root for him. Just, he's one of those guys I've always enjoyed watching, and, you know, all even in those underdog moments, and he's, you know, really good guy, good class. I'd love to see him win. I'd be all right with Feely winning, too. Both of these guys are going to probably bring an absolute killer fight to that octagon. Um, And it'd be a great first showing for ESPN. We have a weather... uh, Weatherweight. It's probably what Adesanya is working on is a weatherweight right there, right? (laughs) No, we have a welterweight bout between Vincent... Luke and Brian Barberna. I'm going with Vincent Luke on this one. Um, 
you know, I haven't seen a whole lot from either guy. I've seen just a little, but I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with Vincent and Luke on this one. Uh, I think I'm going to stick with that. Just see maybe if I, uh, I'm right this time and get lucky. Now this one, uh, this, this one's, this next fight's a pretty exciting one. It's a featherweight bout between Alex Caceres and Cron Gracie. We have a Gracie in the UFC again. And from what I have heard, he is looking phenomenal. And he's not just using, you know, his uh, jujitsu like you would expect from a Gracie. He's going with the stand up, he's wrestling. I'm excited to see how Cron Gracie does. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that fight goes. You know, he's they they all seem to be relatively smaller guys, what is what it seems like, but to have a Gracie back in the UFC and funny enough, you know, 25 years after the start, start of it is it's it's pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Then we have a women's strawweight with Courtney Casey versus Cynthia Calvillo. I think that's going to be a phenomenal fight as well. Um, both fighters are really great. I'm rooting for Cynthia on this one, though. Um, I think she's slowly working her way up the ranks, and you know she she could be a top contender one day for that title. And it'd be really good. I, I think her versus Rose or her versus Andrade, you know, in the future would be a good fight. You know, give Cynthia a couple more people, build her way up there, and some more time to work on, you know, her fight, all aspects of her fighting. You know, she can be a top contender. For our co-main event, we have a lightweight bout between between James Vick and Paul Felder. Oh, I've heard a lot of interviews from both guys in the last couple weeks. I think I'm going with James Vick on this one. Uh, I, I had a hard time picking this one just because I've heard so much from both guys in the last few weeks. And both guys are really great fighters. And so this one's not, you know, this one's more of a who do I want to win or who do I think is going to win. It's it's almost like a toss-up for me on which one, but I'm, I'm a root for James Vick with this. Then we have a heavyweight bout, and that's just probably one of the most anticipated fights of this year. We have Francis Nagano versus Kane Velasquez. The return of Cain Velasquez. I think Cain Velasquez is going to win this. A lot of the times when a veteran who's one of the greatest has returned, you know, they've kind of, for the most part, have had this uh, bad showing. Um, you know, we've seen it with BJ. We've seen it with Ho- uh, Jose Aldo. And we've seen, you know, we've seen it with Silva when he returned, where all three of those guys have gotten beat and, you know, since they had like their layoffs and had to come back. It wasn't a layoff, but it was a long time gone from the octagon and came back. Cain Velasquez, you know, in training camp it, it, for DC's training camp and Kane's training camp and their sparring, you know, is still to this day beating up on DC and just DC, if DC saying Kane is still a monster, I'm a trust DC. <laughs> you know, DC's a big guy with a lot of power. You know, Kane's a big guy with a lot of power and DC's been active and still doing phenomenal. If DC saying Kane is ready, then I'm a trust Kane. Now there's a couple problems I see with this that it, it, if Kane wins, it's going to cause some dilemmas that we had several years ago before DC dropped to light heavyweight. I'll tell you what, Kane's not dropping to light heavyweight. 
you know, maybe DC just only does one more fight and that's it. And he really does retire. Maybe he goes for a couple more. Maybe he drops down to light heavyweight and takes Jones on another time or something. Um, I think this fight is going to be tough for Francis. You know, these other fights Francis has had, you know, they've been all good for the most part, good fights. All the heavyweight division has got a lot of killers and just top guys in it. Now with Kane, Francis, Lewis, Blades, um, Overeem almost, JDS, Stipe, DC. It's getting crazy up there. And, you know, Kane could, Kane's going to pose a huge problem for Francis unless Francis managed to improve on his wrestling game. Kane is a phenomenal wrestler. You know, he's won so many wrestling, he's won many wrestling championships. And we've seen him just out wrestle guys like crazy. I think, you know, even standing up, Kane Velasquez could easy, you know, can win this fight. But if Kane Velasquez takes Francis down like Stipe did, Kane Velasquez is going to destroy Francis. I have no doubt about it. If it goes to the ground, Kane Velasquez will destroy Francis. I can't imagine Francis have improving on his, you know, wrestling and ground game enough since his last fight to pose any threat to Kane for this. So we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes, how, how much he's improved, but I think Kane takes this. And then it puts Kane right up there with Stipe for, you know, next in line for the title. And I think we're going to end up with Kane versus Stipe, whether at that point it becomes, you know, for an interim or for a number one contender fight or for the actual titles, you know, up for debate, it could work out perfectly in line with DC's plans of retiring. And then we get the two greatest in the division ever. You know, no offense to DC, he's one of them, but Kane and Stipe is a monster of a fight. And it would sell like crazy. Oh, I'm excited for I'm excited for these fights next weekend to see Cron Gracie back to see Cron Gracie come into the UFC to see Cynthia and Miles Jury come in and, and hopefully pick up a win to see the return of Kane Velasquez. I'm excited, guys. Um, y'all will hear from me next Sunday. We'll do a review on it and. I think there's a fight card on the 23rd, 24th of February as well. And so we'll, you know, get into that. If not, um, if there's not a fight card on the 24th, I, I'm going to look it up after, you know, I get off of here. But if there's not, go ahead. We'll probably, you know, do a question episode or hot topic episode and, talk more stuff about more stuff like interim titles and stripping fighters or who should fight who and rematches. And we'll talk all that. Um, listen to us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, uh, follow. I don't exactly know what you do on Spotify and Google podcasts for podcasting. I listen to mine on Apple and you subscribe. So like follow subscribe, Whichever it is, to keep listening to to us every week. Um, it's a possibility I'm have another guy on the podcast with me at some point. I'm working on that, and we'll see. And you know, give us a review and a rating, whether it be good. Give us some feedback on the Facebook page and let us know if how good it is. Uh, it's Facebook.com/slash/ufp.ultimate.fighting.podcast. Or if you just go in the search bar, type UFP-UltimateFightingPodcast on your podcast streams. Do the same thing, UFP-UltimateFightingPodcast. Twitter, it's at UFP2019. I'll see you all next week. I'm Justin Henson, 
and go watch those fights. They were great. See y'all later. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.